Well, we're continuing to uh, minister on grace and peace. Everybody say grace and peace. And uh, speaking of grace, uh, I get to say grace for one of my favorite meals of the year this year, or this week, uh, being Thanksgiving week. Uh, let me remind you and strongly encourage you, Wednesday night, we, ha- we have services on Wednesday night. This Wednesday night will be a Thanksgiving Eve one-hour communion service. And so I want you to come be a part of it. doesn't mean we're going to take communion for an hour. It means that it's a one-hour service. We start at 7. You'll be walking by 8. And uh, included in that service, we're going to have a special time of communion, a time just to really focus ourselves in. I was talking with some folks before service. I don't know about you, and Alicia alluded to it as well. There's just kind of a holy reset and a, and a recharging that takes place in me if I'll just slow down long enough to just be thankful. And start to focus on the things I'm thankful for, not just the things I'm ticked off about. Amen. People have gotten so good at, at focusing in on what bugs them, you know. And then we need to zero in on uh, just how good God has been to us. So Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. And then, like I said, we'll be walking at 8 because I know you've got to cook and do all those things. You've got out-of-town family or neighbors or whatever. Bring them. Bring them because this will be a, a wonderful uh, time. Plus, it's also a way... We're guaranteed to enter into the presence of the Lord. Enter his gates with what? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. I love in the Message Bible, it says, enter with the password. Thank you. Isn't that awesome? Well, let's get into the word this morning. In um, Galatians chapter 1, verse 3, we read this incredible verse that is found in virtually all the uh, epistles, pastoral letters. And it says this, grace to you. And peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. It's powerful. If we're not careful, we reduce it to some kind of formal religious greeting. And it's so much more than that. The big themes of the New Testament are grace, mercy, and peace. The biggest would be grace. Everybody say grace. And we want to look at grace and then what comes out of grace, which is peace. And um, that's what we're looking at in this series. Grace and peace... These two huge New Testament themes, and for some reason, 36 times they're coupled in the New Testament. And you get two such biggies as that riding together, this dynamic duo in Scripture. We need to pay attention to that and know that it's not just some formal religious whatever. This this is a powerful thing. I think when we see those words coupled together, when you have understanding of what grace and peace are individually and then together... Really what it's saying, and I've, I've, I've said this to you every service in this series, it really has to do, it, it speaks of the entire range, think of these words, the entire range of divine help and blessing. How many of you could use some help in your life? How many of you would like some more blessing in your, in your life? Now think of the entire range The entire range of whatever could possibly be divine help or blessing in your life is included in that whole idea of grace and peace. And the Apostle Paul, under inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is declaring into the churches. He's saying grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. That's that's a powerful thing. But I want us to dig down, to drill down a little bit in this. And um, so that we can come away with good, with good meaning because understanding helps us. Uh, you know, the Bible talks about the joy of the Lord is our, is our strength. And if you read around that in, in that 
in, in the Old Testament there, it says that the people, the people actually rejoiced because they got understanding in the word. And so when we get understanding, we get strong. Uh, because what you understand, and understand this, what you understand cannot be taken away from you. It's what you don't understand that the enemy will swoop in and take away from you. And the parable of the sower, and he's sowing. Uh, I believe it's in uh, Luke's account of that. It talked about, you know, the, some seed was sown by the wayside and the birds came and stole the seed. And in Jesus' explanation of that, he said it's the word that they didn't understand. So we've got a responsibility not just to preach and get you all riled up and sweaty. But to get you some understanding so that you can walk out of here victorious possessors of the truth that sets you free. Amen. So let's look at grace a little bit. But first of all, I want to go back to this because ultimately this is where I want you to arrive at and need to arrive at is, is this. That you are, think about this, you are the object of God's grace. You are the recipient of God's peace. And you have every reason to rejoice. Now, whether or not you feel that, the more you understand that, you, you really get that. I, I want you to confess this. I want you to declare this over your life. Will you, will you say this with me? I am the object of God's grace. I am the recipient of God's peace. I have every reason to rejoice. And really, it's all because of this grace and peace that God so wonderfully has brought into our lives. Let's look at a few things here. Grace precedes peace. Peace is the fruit of grace. You're not going to have peace without grace. Yet people are looking for peace. You know, one of our um, uh, purposes of the church, we put this on a lot of printed material, is Meadowbrook Church, finding peace on earth. Well, it's a little bit leading because ultimately you're not going to find peace without grace and you're not going to find grace without God. But it's in our quest for peace, our our lack of peace that we're looking, we're looking and that hunger drives us to find something filling. How many of you have ever, oh, if I could only get this, if I could only go there, if I could only have that and it'll fill you for a little bit and then what? There's got to be better. There's got to be more. There's got to be something. Nothing, nothing else fills. Nothing else satisfies. We've got to get this peace that, that comes from God. So peace is a fruit of grace. And people are looking for peace, but they will not find it apart from the grace of God. Grace is the undeserved. Let's look at some definitions. Are you here? All right. Grace is the undeserved favor. Think about that. Undeserved favor. Can you imagine your Christmas shopping and all of a sudden somebody runs to the head of the line and you're, they're about to tell you your total and somebody steps in and says, I got it. I got it. Paid for it. Wouldn't that be awesome? Well, it ain't going to happen, but it's a good, it's a good idea. It's kind of a cool thought. Uh, but on way, way other scale, it's this undeserved favor, way more than that. It's merciful kindness. It's God's attitude toward us. I want to go back to uh, the second message in this series. And I had this definition. I love this. This strikes me. 
Grace is the absolutely, every word counts here, it's the absolutely free expression of the loving kindness of God to men. Here's the part that gets me. Finding its only motive, finding its only motive in the bounty and benevolence of the giver. The only reason God is good to us is because he's good. Now, I read this the other day, and I'm, I'm processing on this because I've got to present it in the right way, so I'm a little hesitant to even say this to you, okay? But just hear it, and then we'll come back later, okay? Um, it's not all the good things that we've done that, and the right things that we've done that have brought us closer to God. It's actually all the wrong things we've done that have brought us closer to God. Now, you see why I'm processing on how to present that? Because some of you are like, yes, wrong things. <laughs> okay, so listen, where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. Well, should then we continue to sin more so there be more grace? And Paul says, God forbid. Do you know how strong that is? God forbid. No, 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 no. But you've got to understand the backside of the story is it wasn't that we were so good that we get introduced to God. It's that we were so broken that he came to find us, we who were lost, and to save us because of our brokenness, because of all the wrong in our life. Are you, are you all with me? That's a whole other message for another day. Undeserved favor, merciful kindness, and the only motive... The only motive behind it is the bounty and the benevolence of the giver. That just, that blows my mind away. Well, grace leads to peace. And grace, we've looked at these, and I'll just touch on these real quick. We, we saw common grace, common grace. That's that it rains on the just and the unjust, and the, shun, the sun shines on everybody. And there's no requirement for that. You just are humankind, and God does that as a love gift to everybody. And there's no real peace with it. I do believe there's residual peace with that. It's kind of like dust from the factory, you know, because it's, it's something from God. There is some peace so that even the unjust people away from God, even, even they would have a sense of peace when the sun is shining or, man, we needed that rain. There's something that goes with that, and it's not just good weather. It's, it's a residual peace that comes on that because it was a gift from God. The second grace is saving grace, and we talked about that. Let's look in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. And it says, for by grace, for by grace, you have been saved. This is saving grace. For for by grace, you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. And again, every word counts here. That not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So this is saving grace and saving grace gives us peace with God. But let's look at saving grace just for a moment here. We needed the grace to be saved. We needed it because we could not do this in ourselves. No matter how good you are. Listen, if you're a good person and you do good things and you work hard and you're nice to people, that does not make you any more qualified to go to heaven. It'll make you a nice person to be around and a good neighbor. But that doesn't make you any further qualified. But but I do good things. I I do good deeds. I'm nice to people. I work hard. I keep the law. I, I, I obey the rules of the pack. You know, what, whatever it would be. That does not further qualify you for heaven than anybody else. You know, if, if let's say there were a bunch of us at the beach 
And, and some of you decided, you know, let's say we're on the Atlantic coast and some of you decide, do you know what, across the water, and I've done this before, I've crossed the water, I'm thinking, what is right across the water for me, way over all those miles, what is there? And if you look at the map, you know, if you were at Daytona, it'd be like northern Africa would be across the Atlantic from you. And so let's say that somebody said, you know what, guys, right across that water is Africa. Let's swim. And somebody go, well, you know, I swam in college, you know, and another one, I used to give swimming lessons. And another one, I went to Miss Perry's swim school. How many of you went, went to yeah, where all my kids went when they were little? Uh, and so six or eight guys decide to step out into the water and swim to Africa. And, and one has a good, strong stroke, and the other one has an amazing kick. And one, one is fast, and one has incredible endurance. And, and there are some that are going to go a lot further than others, but listen to me seriously. But they're all going to die. I said, seriously, y'all are laughing. This is not funny. People died. No, but here's my point, for real. It's too far to swim. And yet we try to, if I'm a good guy and I do this and I show up at church every time and I smile and I tithe and I do this and I'm good to my neighbor and do all of those things, somehow, listen to me, you're not going to make it. You'll die. God is too high. He's too holy. And you may go further than life and be, quote, a better person than some other people, but without the grace of God, you sink. You don't make it. It's too far. It's too far, but there's this gift of God, this saving grace that comes to us. If we'll just believe it, if we'll just accept it, then it comes into our life. And that saving grace then gives us peace with God. And then we talked about keeping grace. And that's the day after day after day, goodness of God in our life. It's these little gifts of grace, of him helping us, him just being with us on this journey. And that gives us the peace from God or the peace of God. And today I want to talk to you about special grace, special grace. Everybody say special grace. And special grace leads to what we're going to call surpassing peace. Everybody say surpassing peace. Let me just tell you something. Look at me. You want these guys. You need these guys. Here's the reality. You probably have had these in your life, special grace and surpassing peace. This kind of grace is for a number of things. It's for crisis. It's for trauma. It's for wow that happens in your life. But on a positive sense, it is for a project. It's something you're believing God to do. It's for seasons of life. It's for surgery. It's for pregnancy. It's for court. It's for an interview. It's for a problem. It's for an opportunity. It's for your daughter's wedding. What am I talking about? I'm talking about a season, a season where you're going to need something extra. You know, you step out to do something big. You got to have some special grace. You're facing something. You get, you get that news you didn't want. You never wanted to hear that, and then you got that news. You know what? You're going to need 
some special grace. And coupled with a special grace is a surpassing peace that would come to you. And this peace that I'm talking about is an over and above peace. It's an extraordinary peace. This is, this is maximum strength. This is Sears best. This is premium blend. This is incredible surpassing peace that comes coupled with, listen, this comes with that special grace and surpassing peace. And I'm telling you what, God's good for it. I said, God's good for it. A lot of people make a lot of promises and well-meaning most of the time. I'm convinced but God is able to do anything that he's promised to you. Can I get an amen out of anybody here today? Now, let's look at this special grace. And y'all dive in because, folks, you want to know where all the handles are concerning, concerning this grace. The so first thing about it, and let's just understand some things about it. First of all, it helps. It helps. And let's look here in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. It says, let us, say, that's me. Let us, that is so weak. What, y'all? Hey, we do not have sissy church here, okay? So... Y'all get with it now. It says, let us. Say, that's me. There you are. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. The throne of what? God's throne is called grace. That we, that's us again, may obtain mercy and get this and find grace to what? To help. When? In time of need. We're able to find this grace. It's a special grace. We find it and it helps us in this season, in this special circumstance. We find it to help us in time of need. In the Amplified Bible, the last part of that verse says, and find grace to help in good time for every need, appropriate help and well-timed help coming just when we need it. And so we need it. And we're able to, Scripture said, find it. And it's not that it's hidden. It's just you have to go to an authorized dealer. <laughs> Otherwise, you're going to get a what? Cheap substitute. You're going to have to go to the only place you can get it. The throne of grace. Well, how do I do that? Well, we have a 20-week class. To, no, no, no. <laughs> That's when you pray. It's when you talk to God. He didn't say come eloquently to the throne of grace. He didn't say come seminary trained to the throne of grace. He said just come boldly. What does that mean? That means that my kids always have been, always will be. No matter what I'm doing, walk into my office. I mean, have a meeting with whatever. They're able to just come in boldly. And they're more bold when they're little. You know, my little grandson, Gavin, too, he's plenty bold about it. He knows where candy is. He knows where things are. Just, just come on in, hey, y'all, and go about his business, okay? And we need to be so childlike. We need to just come boldly. It's just openly, without any embarrassment. That's my father. That's my father. Well, I haven't been trained enough. Trained, schmained. And quote me on that, okay? <clears throat> it's about just going. And that's the throne of grace. And this is what you'll do. You will at the throne of grace. And I love this. You'll obtain mercy. But you'll also, you'll find this help. And that, that grace, to help rather. And that grace 
will help you. So get there. Get there. You're in one of those seasons. How many of you been in one, in one, suspect you probably have one, one of those le- seasons of either, you know, challenge, trauma, project, whatever. Come, come on, come on, come on, come on. All right. All right, then you need to know. You need to know, hey, I know where to get grace. I know, and you're going to need grace in those special times, and you know where to go. And it's not about earning it. It's just about showing up in the right line. The second thing that this special grace does is it strengthens. It strengthens. If you'll remember from the series I've taught a couple times, we actually did a book called Tough Times Don't Last. Now, there will always be tough times. Don't be confused. But they don't have to last. Proverbs 24 verse 10 says this. If you faint in the day of adversity, tough time. Actually, we'll, we'll expand that in a moment. If you faint in the day of adversity, read with me. Your strength is small. So look at the verse. Is the problem the adversity? Strength is the issue. Actually, the word adversity there means tightness and pressure. You can feel tightness and pressure just working on a big project. Something very positive, something very helpful. You can feel that. And what would the issue be? Strength. And so this special grace comes and strengthens us. And I want you to remember that. Strength is the issue. And grace not only helps me, grace strengthens me. Look in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18 in the Amplified Bible. It says, but grow in grace. Look at this. Undeserved favor. Read the last part with me. Spiritual strength. So we're to grow, and we'll look at that in future weeks. We're to grow in grace, which is undeserved favor. And then further, further defined, it's, it's this. Spiritual strength. Bear that in mind and look in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 in the Amplified Bible. And it says, so you, my son, go ahead and say, that's me, even my daughter. Okay. So you, my son, watch this carefully. Be strong, strengthened inwardly in the what? Grace, spiritual blessing that is to be found only in Christ Jesus. Notice again, be strong, strengthened inwardly in the grace The spiritual blessing is to be found only in Christ Jesus. This grace strengthens you, but please get this. It strengthens you inwardly. Guess where you need it? Inwardly. Inwardly. You know, sometimes we worry about strengthening so much on the outside. But you've got to understand who the real you is. And hey, and I'm all for strengthening yourself, taking good care of yourself on the outside. Because the rest of us got to look at you. Or help you carry stuff. (laughs) Or carry you. Okay, so take good care. But you are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. Take care of it all. I said take care of it all. But don't neglect to, to realize that the real you is a spirit man on the inside. Has a soul that's on the inside. Lives in this body. Your earth suit. And so... When trouble comes, that call comes, bad news comes, a situation happens, where do you feel, where do you feel it? You feel it on the inside. You feel your, knee, your knees give way. You, you feel everything happen. It's happening on the inside. 
And it's a spiritual strength that we need. So for whatever would come in the earth, whatever disappointments would come, whatever challenges would come, whatever pressure that would come, you need strength. But you need it on the inside. You've got to have it on the inside. And this special grace comes and strengthens you on the inside. That's where you need it. And then thirdly, this grace, I'll just put it this way. This grace is enough. Everybody say enough. It actually means it suffices. It is enough. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. Y'all still here? 2 Corinthians 12, 9. And he said to me, God said to Paul, he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made, and there's strength again, my strength is made perfect in weakness. What it means is, is this grace, this special grace for whatever season you're dealing with, it is enough. It will suffice. But we have to look at that. What is enough? What is, what does that really mean enough? Let me throw this word at you. It's proportional. So whatever you need it to be, it will be. You know, we got Thanksgiving coming this week. And if you had a house full of people and your thoughts were and your plans and your labor was all to do this, to make sure that everybody gets enough to eat. Well, you, what does that mean? Because you may have a six-month-old and you may have a 15-year-old teenage boy and you may have 93-year-old grandma and you may have your nephew Bubba who's a 310-pound defensive lineman in college. So how do you say make sure everybody gets enough? Because they're not going to all eat the same. So what have you got to have? You've got to be able to look at this proportionately. Bubba is going to die on what you feed Junior or Granny. Matter of fact, he might eat Junior and Granny. All right? So, God forbid. It's, in, it's enough. And, and let me just say this to you. Get this. And, and I, I've said this to people for years going through something. His grace really is enough. It really is enough. And that means it's proportional. Because have you ever had this happen? You have, you have some kind of setback, some kind of problem, some situation. And you're just settling in dealing with that. And then something else happens. You don't get a note from God. Sorry, dude. We're out. Or that's your limit. Or you have to meet your deductible and copay. No, it's proportional. If you need more, it will be there. Listen, y'all have to know. If you need more, it will be there. His grace is enough. I said his grace is enough. It's, this is that special grace for those seasons in time of need. My goodness, what's going on? Or wow, this is a big project. Whatever it would be, I'm telling you that his grace not only will help you, it not only will strengthen you, but it will always be enough. Can you say amen this morning? With this special grace comes a surpassing peace. Philippians chapter 4. Verse 7 says, and the peace of God, which surpasses, surpasses all understanding, 
will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. It's a brand of peace. I want you to think about this. This is a brand of peace that would actually guard your heart and your mind. It is a brand of peace that surpasses understanding, which means with all that's going on in your life and your situation, this kind of peace, you shouldn't have that kind of peace. This does not fit the picture that you would have this kind of peace that guards your heart and mind with all the crud or problem or pressure or challenge that's going on in your life. And yet you've got this peace in the middle of that. That's the kind of peace that we're talking about here. It's a supernatural deposit that God would give to you. It's something that God would place, get this, God would place this, he would dispatch this and put this into your soul. And God does that. God does that. Has anybody ever had anything like that in your life? And it carries with it an awareness that God is present. It carries with it an awareness that God is at work, that God is helping me, that God is strengthening me, that God and his grace are enough and that God will see me through. Even though what I see looks this way, this peace comes and lets you know, we'll get through this. It's a deposit to let you know that God is on the job. Now, the Apostle Paul, how many of you know the Apostle, bless you, how many of you know the Apostle Paul's uh, story, kind of, sort of, okay. If you know his history a little bit, would you imagine that he probably on regular occasion needed special grace? Because he was a special messenger. In a special season, he really needed some special grace. And so the Apostle Paul, we find him arrested. And you go, oh, no, another one bites the dust. No, no, this was the plan of God. He was arrested for preaching the gospel. And what was thought to be by the enemy a way to stop the gospel actually caused it to be distributed even more efficiently. And you take the one who's at the core of it and you ship him to the heart of the kingdom that's opposing him. And the apostle Paul then, he's sharing with everybody around him. He goes, hey, the worst you can do to me is kill me. In the meantime, I've got the words of life. And he shares them. He shares them so much that on several occasions, as some of the New Testament books show at the end, he says, hey, not only do I greet you, but all the saints in Caesar's household <laughs> greet you too. And he starts naming them and so-and-so and so-and-so says, wish they could meet all you guys. There were Roman guards that were chained to Paul. They'd had hours of a shift of being chained to this man of God. What are they afraid of? And they ended up, I'm sure, many of them becoming believers. Because I'm sure Paul, anointed of the Holy Spirit on a mission from heaven said, hey, man, we're going to be together for a while. You want to talk? (laughs) And Paul wasn't afraid. Hey, when you've been beaten and shipwrecked and betrayed, had rocks thrown at you, you already know what that feels like. He's not afraid. And he's on this mission from God, but he gets arrested. And he goes to his first trial, his first court case. It's a defense. And we read here in 2 Timothy chapter 4, and he knows that the end of this will be that they will take his life. And he says in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 16, at my first defense at this, at this hearing, at this trial, no one stood with me, but all forsook me. And look how gracious he is. 
may it not be charged against them. Then he goes on and says this remarkable thing. But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. The Lord stood with me and strengthened me. Now, if you're not careful, you'd say, Paul's lost it. He's delusional. Because Jesus has been gone at this point for decades. He's already been raised from the dead and ascended into heaven. He's gone. So is Paul mumbling to himself now as he lost it? He says, nobody else was here, but the Lord was here with me. Now, I'm not giving you license to say, and the Lord just took me grocery shopping. And, you know, I'm, I'm, okay, let's stay with the Bible here for a moment. But the Lord, get this, post-resurrection, Lord, how did the Lord, how did, I, I don't know if Paul had some vision of seeing him, but I will tell you this, Paul knew he was there. Because Paul said this, the Lord, because nobody else carries what the Lord carries. The Lord stood with me. And when he stood with me, he strengthened me. That means literally in the Greek, he put strength into me. In Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ. It's the same phrase, who strengthens me. The one who puts strength into me. Do you know what that is? That's grace. That's a special grace. Then no matter what you're dealing with, you need to rest assured that God will. He's able. He's wanting to stand with you. And to put that strength inside of you. Here's where it gets hard. Well, what's our part? What do we do? What do do we have to do? I've got to tell you, and it bothers me a little bit to tell you. You just simply have to trust that God is gracious and kind. That bothers me to tell you that. Because there's part of me as a pastor... And especially, I have been studying this like never before in my life. Do you know how, have any idea what a rich, precious, indescribable, fabulous, powerful, incredible gift this is that God gives? So it just bothers me because I see the way people behave and the way people conduct themselves. And I'm saying, you are, no, I don't want them to have that for free. People need to qualify for these things. Come on, let's add some obedience to this. Let's make this about performance. Hey, I could help you, Lord, to draft up a list of things you need to do and some things you need to stop doing. Because this is an incredible gift that you've given us. Now, does this mean we can be sloppy about this? No, and I'm going to talk about that in weeks to come. That, you know, there's people that he gives them peace and what do they do? Lose it. How many of you have ever lost your peace before? Okay. He gives you grace and what do you do? You leak it out everywhere. And walk around without it. There's some ways to short circuit this. But what is our part? It's, it's simply to, to trust that he's a God of grace and peace. And like I said, I wish I could make it about obedience. I wish I could make it about performance. I wish I could make it about, we got to qualify for this somehow. But it's about grace. I said it's about grace. And follow me on this. And once you take grace and you shave off part of it, or you try to add to grace, then it's no longer grace. And it's grace that we need. 
Because it's too far to swim. It's too far to swim. I don't care how good you are. I don't care how far you think you can get. And even if you swim and get ahead of the rest of the pack, it's too far. And we can't do it without his grace. So what do we do? We just believe him. And start to expect and believe and look for his grace in your life. And I'm convinced of this. The more that you are aware, God, that's your grace. And God, that's your peace. You won't play all the coy little games to see what you can get away with. You won't abuse such an incredible grace that God has for you. Listen, my assignment in this, and I, in preparation, I, in my mind, even asked the Lord, Lord, do I really need to say all this again? And I felt very strong that the Lord just put in my heart what my assignment is is to draw you into awareness, to start to live in an awareness of God's grace and God's peace. To remind you of God's grace and God's peace. To remind you the precious price that he paid for that peace. And to remind you to live in such a way that you know you have every reason to rejoice. To remind you that you have common grace, that you have saving grace that gives you peace with God. That you have keeping grace that gives you peace from God. And folks, that you have special grace that gives you a surpassing peace from God. And this is the part I kind of said, tried to beg off on. It's like, Lord, do I really need to say this again? And I, I didn't have this open conversation where I heard his voice. I just had a solid no on the inside, or a solid yes on the inside. And it's this. Let me get your attention for this. Stop living, acting, thinking, and talking like you don't have any grace or peace. Stop that. Because you are the object of God's grace. You are the recipient of God's peace. You have every reason to rejoice. And back up just a few moments, I said, but you know, we got to have a certain... We got to qualify. I wasn't good enough this week. Hey, folks, listen, we're, it's too far to swim. It's his grace that rescues us right where we are. God is wanting us to have an awareness, an expectation, a persuasion to start to look in our life, no matter what it may be, even in those special seasons, that his grace will be there and his peace will be there. As I close, I want to echo to you from the inspired word of God that's repeated over and over, and it is this. And I say this to you today, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Did you get anything at all out of this today? Thank you, Lord.